Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone. My name is Ben Hawking. My name is Harry Eads. And my name is Samuel Sage. And welcome to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. Is to blame Hamilton or Vettel? I think it's actually pretty clear if we have to give the blame to one person. Uh, I'll let the boys discuss first, guys. Hamilton, Vettel, what do you think? Ericsson. Of course, Marcus Ericsson was at fault for this crash, and that is the end of the stream. It's not. <laughs> Please don't da, da, leave. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, there's no, I don't think there's, I thought it was a racing incident, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think the stewards were right in giving no penalty to the driver. Um, it's racing. Yeah. It does happen. Um, and there's, there's nothing you can do. Um, yeah, Hamilton made an ambitious move. It was bold, but I don't think he should be penalised for that. Should go on the bold prediction board. Yeah, it should have done. Um, Sebastian Vettel, he did understeer into Hamilton. So if you have to attach blame, you've maybe got to give it to him. But it's a racing incident. These sorts of things happen on the opening laps of the race. And it's a tight chicane on a tight a Really track. tight chicane. And, yeah, it, you get, you, I'm, I'm with you. It's, I think Martin Brunner says six of one and half a dozen of the other, which is... Pretty correct. It was bold from Hamilton, as you say. He was on the outside, so there's always a risk of being collided with. Um, but Vettel should have, Vettel should have, well, seen it coming, maybe. He did have Hamilton right behind him. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's go, let's go 50 50. But Vettel's definitely the one who came out worse, obviously. Sam, who do you think? And not. Well, Hamilton wasn't right behind him. Hamilton was alongside, if not slightly in front, when going into the corner for a start. Hamilton did have the racing line, which is to go from the outside of the track across the corner through to the outside of the next turn. Um, Vettel got understeer going through the corner due to the fact he hit the kerb and also tried to defend at the same time. And in classic Vettel style, he tried desperately to blame it on anyone else but himself. Again, I think it's a racing incident, but 
I think Vettel was the one that caused the racing incident. I don't think Hamilton really played any part to blame. He went for an overtake, which was a fair overtake. He had the advantage due to speed, and I think he deserved to have the place. Um, it was a stellar all-round Grand Prix in terms of racing, and from Hamilton, to be fair. And I think that, that Vettel came worse off because he deserved to come worse off from that move. I think, yes, racing incident, but I think Vettel is a bit more to blame than Hamilton. He left, the sp- he left all of the space, um, went around the outside, took the racing line. I don't really see what Warwick could have done. I mean, it's so... Ne- uh, it, it, yeah. But I think it was risky from Hamilton because it so nearly could have been both of them out of the race if it had gone... They'd hit each other a bit harder. Um, that could have been game over for both of them. I mean, it wouldn't affect Hamilton so much because he's leading anyway, but yeah, it worked It worked out for him. Um, Carla said on Drive Tribe that it's Kimmy's fault for defending against the wrong car. Now that's no, that's a really fair point, though. Kimmy, if you're, Ferrari, if you're Ferrari, then yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, Kimmy was in front of Vettel and not in front of Hamilton. Kimmy defended the inside line instead of thinking it's my teammate here. It's not a complete competitor, you know. If I'm going to let one car through, realistically, you'll let Vettel through, and he didn't. He did defend Vettel, not Hamilton. Yeah. Um, comments on Facebook, pretty much agreeing with what we said, which is a nice change. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was clumsy from Vettel. Um, and you have to question his number of mistakes that he's made this year. He paid the price for it and Hamilton didn't. And it's not the first mistake he's made. You think back to Baku when he made that big mistake. You think back to Germany, that was perhaps the biggest one of the lot. Um, and he also made a mistake in France where he punted Bottas in the opening corner. You've got four mistakes there. And you have to ask yourself, would those four get back the 30-point deficit that he has? And the answer is absolutely they would. And you know what? He'd probably have a 30-point lead himself if those mistakes don't happen. Yeah, it's true. Um, One on two you can accept, but this is another one. And, you know, people saying Bethel losing it. Um, It it could be right, and he doesn't. Someone else saying, Angus saying he doesn't have the bottle when it comes to to racing Hamilton. could be very true. He just doesn't, can't, can't cope, but... Like you say, it's another big points loss for Vettel. I think, unfortunately, the red mist comes down on Vettel a lot more than we think it does. Because out of the car, he is very calm, apart from when he crashed in Germany, of course. Um, but if he sees that he's being attacked by Hamilton or someone like that, he aggressively goes, I'm going to defend everywhere. And it's not calm defending, it's erratic defending. And he, when he's attacking, he's, he's very good will to will. We've seen it in Austria already, how he attacked Hamilton brilliantly, squeezed him perfectly, fairly, but well, and got the position. But defending, when he's on the back foot, he seems to become more erratic, more... He doesn't think about what he's doing. And this is where we're seeing these accidents. You know, France, he was behind at that start. Bottas got ahead and he clouded him off. We're seeing it again in Italy. He wanted to jump the start. He didn't get the jump that he wanted. And Hamilton was the fastest of the three out of those two straights. Took advantage of that. And Vettel went, no, this isn't good. And then made a rash decision instead of playing the patient game. Hamilton played the patient game this GP and it paid off. And I think that at the moment is the difference between the two of them. Yeah, I think you're quite possibly right. Um, And we're talking about how this cost Vettel. Obviously it did. I think it cost Kimi Raikkonen as well. Because we well, yeah, saw later on in the race yeah. that he was sandwiched by the Mercedes guys and strategy, he couldn't really do anything other than stick it out, and it was two against one. If Vettel's in that fight somewhere, perhaps they get a one-two, and even if they don't get a one-two, they probably get a double podium. Yeah, I, would have, I, I was going to make the same point. I think Kimi, Kimi's loss was uh, was came on that corner when Vettel was facing the wrong way because 
like you say, he was on his own then, and they had him. They had him covered basically because if if Kimmy didn't push when he came out of the pits, then he wouldn't have. Um, Hamilton would have just jumped him, so he had to push, and then he was stuck behind Bottas, and he'd already rooted his tyres. So it was game over then anyway. So yeah. There's big consequences, not just for Vettel, but for Ferrari in, in both championships and a win on home soil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Kimi Raikkonen, perhaps the closest he's come to victory in five and a half years. I'm so, I'm so gutted. Uh, and the poll on Saturday, he led for most of the goddamn race and he just couldn't hold it. I've got to say, though, and I know he didn't win and maybe other drivers would have done, but he wasn't held by the fact he was on his own. Um, I think it's the best we've seen Kimi drive for. I don't know, maybe, maybe since his last win. So we're talking five years ago, but maybe even before his comeback, I think. And I think he was really clever whilst he was defending because he was using that straight line speed of the Ferrari so well on those two big straights. Yeah. Because he was letting Hamilton close up in the, in the twiddly bits and twiddly bits and Monza. And then he was, he was powering away on the straight, which kept Hamilton behind for the majority of the race. So I think it was a pretty damn good driver, Kimmy. And. I think it's a, both deserve the win. They drove, they both drove impeccably. Hamilton and Kimi. Yeah, I think Kimi held him off for as long as physically possible. The tire was really. I saw a picture of it today. It's like yeah. down to the canvas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you think of Kimi Raikkonen this weekend, Sam? A brilliant drive from Kimi. One of the best we have seen, as Harry said. It was one of the best we've seen, possibly since his last win. Uh, he had a few great races when he was at Lotus, and he's had a couple of very good drives since being at Ferrari. But since his return to Ferrari. None really stand out as much as this. Unfortunately, he was beaten by Hamilton in one of his best drives I've seen Hamilton drive to date. Um, this is the first season we've really seen Hamilton have to go wheel to wheel with another team for quite some time on a consistent race basis. And Kimi, who would have won that race on a normal day, was up against Hamilton, who was, like he said, harnessing that negative energy, which I don't know if it's just some kind of weird thing that Hamilton likes to go on about. But he did do exactly that. And if Kimi was a nine today, then Hamilton was a pure 10. It was a fantastic drive from the front too. And it made for such an exciting race. I was glued to the screen. Not literally. That would be painful. It was a brilliant okay, race. I'm so glad you Ouch. clarified that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Kimi drove brilliantly. I'd love to see him drive to that speed for the rest of the, uh, rest of the season. I think he could muster up enough points to really push Ferrari over the line to take the Constructors title. But- it could be his last, that could have been his last Italian Grand Prix, if we believe some of the rumours going around at the weekend, which at the moment you think, of all the times he's probably not deserved to have a contract renewed, Yeah, this yeah. is the time he probably deserves to have that contract renewed and he may not have it, so it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shame for Kim's start. I don't think he'll go elsewhere, I don't see why he would, but very possible. Yeah, I think he had a fantastic weekend. I think his pole lap was, was spot on. Um, I still don't quite understand why they didn't give Vettel the toe. It would have just made sense from Ferrari's perspective to do so. But for whatever the reason, they gave Raikkonen the opportunity to go out behind Vettel and he took advantage of it. It was a really good pole lap um, because it wasn't just a, it was a tenth and a half, which at Monza is a Big enough margin. Yeah. Um, well, it's not a very long lap, is it? No. Um, I have to ask the question, though. Would Sebastian Vettel, in the same situation, have gotten away from Lewis Hamilton? Because Hamilton stuck within one second of Raikkonen pretty much the whole race. Would Vettel have been able to break that DRS gap and then go on and dictate the race? Well, obviously, never going to know. No, that's, but that's true. You'd have to say Vettel's race pace has always been quicker than 
than Raikkonen. So maybe I think Hamilton was on blinding form. Um, but, you know, maybe you spurred on by the fact that Vettel was, you know, at the back. So you don't know, but perhaps Vettel could have put a bigger gap in between him and Hamilton. I'm not sure. What do you think, Sam? Uh, we know that Vettel's talent is when he's at the front. He's a master leader. He is has this ability to, once he's at the front, to just gallivant away with the lead. I think even if Vettel was in Kimmy's position and vice versa, I think that Mercedes played such a fantastically brilliant strategy with Bottas. I, I heard a few people insulting Bottas and Mercedes due to the strategy they played, which I thought was a little bit out of line because I don't, I, I don't disagree with the tactic, but I don't. I feel bad for Bottas and it's ruining his reputation. But carry on. <laughs> I mean, I can understand that he's becoming a bit of a Barrichello almost, and Barrichello was a fantastic driver, and a really lovely bloke who likes to cry at every occasion. <laughs> Bottas played his part as a second driver, perfectly. And because of that, I think he deserves to be closer to driver of the day than Kimi was, and that's who won driver of the day. Bottas was integral to that team. Mercedes would have not have got the win if Bottas had not played that key role. And I don't think that does destroy his reputation. I think that cements him as an incredible team player. When Hamilton leaves, he could be the number one driver. He could be, though, because he's too slow. That's the only reason he was. He, they could use him, is because he was, he was that slow that they could have that... Sandwich, sandwich yeah. tactic. But I, look, I like Bottas a lot, and on his day, he can be really damn quick. But he wasn't quick enough this weekend, and I, I'm not not saying that Ferrari wouldn't have done the same tactic at all. It's just, I just don't think he's. It's just not good for. It's not a race. It doesn't feel like a racing driver. He's just sort of there as the backup guy, the rear gunner. Yeah, but I feel as if he has to be at this stage. And I, I know he think has he, to be, but, it's but just, I don't think he was early in the season when he still had a no, theoretical true. chance of winning the championship. Now, there's no point in putting him in a position to win races if Hamilton can be that guy instead. Um, and I think Bottas didn't have a great weekend. Qualifying, he was slow. He was generally stuck behind Max Verstappen. When you consider the straight-line speed advantage that he had, he really shouldn't have been. But when he was called upon... He absolutely nailed his strategy. And I think he's the reason that Hamilton won the race. And look, at the end of the day, it didn't actually cost him because he finished third anyway. And I don't think any more than third was attainable for him after the start he had. Um, and he was excellent on his tyres. We saw a number of drivers really struggle with tyres. He's down so slowly. <laughs> he, he was setting... No, I know. He was setting his fastest sectors after 35 laps on super soft tyres. That's something. And he was an integral part of Hamilton's win. I'm not denying that at all. I'm just Sorry, saying Harry it's a, I don't think it's great for his reputation. And Rob said in the chat he used to think he was a future title winner and maybe not anymore, which I'd, I'd agree with, I think. Um, I, I was just going to bite a sale on Rob's point. When he was at Williams, and I, I thought when he got his shot in a top team that Bottas would be the one to almost take over as the next young driver to start taking titles. And now... I, I can't see him even winning over 15 races across his career now, unfortunately. His levels have really sunk since he's gone to Mercedes. He really is a second second man. I don't know. I think if he gets a bit more luck at the beginning of this year, maybe it goes another way. I think up until the halfway point of this season, there was not a lot to separate him and Hamilton. Since then, Hamilton's been, been dominant. But if Bottas had the motivation of going for a world championship, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see Bottas get another crack at it and see what happens. Um, Carl on Drive Time was asked whether it's the it's the end of Vettel's championship fight. No. Absolutely. Not a chance. Not even close. It's not the end. 
he just needs to string more than one race victory together because he has a race victory, Silverstone, then bins it in Germany, and then he has a race victory in Belgium, and then yeah. does the same thing again. He needs to do a couple, or I mean, he's, well, 30 points now, and he's, he needs like three or four on the back. race is an integral one, and the same thing can happen to Hamilton that happened to Vettel in the last race, and he's bang, back there with a five, six point gap already, you know? It's it, this this season is the most topsy turvy we've seen since what twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and look, if if there is one DNF, suddenly it is just the gap of a race win to a second place, which would make it very interesting. And I kind of hope that does happen because I want entertainment for this season. Um, quick point um, for Mercedes as a whole: they've had two races where they have had, I think, the slower car, Belgium and, and Monza. And they have beaten Ferrari on both race weekends. They've taken 15 more points across this two-race stretch than Ferrari have. And I think that explains everything you need to know about how this season is going. Ferrari cannot capitalise on their opportunities. Ferrari have the better car, but Mercedes are the better team. And I think that is what's becoming clear this season. Just the, the, I just, you get the feeling the pressure's less, isn't it, on the same? I mean, obviously, they really want the championship. I'm not saying they don't, but you can just... Sense the pressure. We saw Arriba Bene before the race and he looked like he was about to have a breakdown on camera and Vettel was really tense. He was, he was unhappy after qualifying on Saturday and just again to deliver that first Ferrari championship since 2007, if you're going constructors, but four for drivers. So, I oh know, yeah. sorry, seven for drivers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think the pressure's getting to them quite possibly. And I know Ferrari, obviously, the history and the heritage of the team. But that doesn't count for all that much when you've got a team you're competing against who have, for the last four years, won and won and won. They've, they've made it a habit. Ferrari, on the other hand, are trying to get back there. Um, and I, even if they do have the slightly better car, which I, I do think they do at this point, if you can't out-strategize a team, you're going to struggle. And they are. Um, right. We're going to just, me and Simon are going to be quiet for a second because we're moving on to Verstappen and he wants to have a rant. I, I don't want, I want to have a rant. <laughs> Max Verstappen proved one thing in that race and that he is not ready to be the number one driver that Red Bull need him to be. And let me say, for, let me say, Verstappen has immense talent and he's going to be a world champion one day, probably a few times over. He has got unbelievable talent, but he's not ready. He has not got the mental capability, the, the maturity in order to succeed at this point in his career. His radio rant proved it. The penalty itself, I think, was, I think was correct, but that's irrelevant. It's how we dealt with the penalty, which is the thing that's going to cost him. And if I was a senior figure at Red Bull, I think we've gone all in on this guy. I'd be seriously worried because he said over the radio that he didn't care that he was losing time to Vettel because he wanted to prove a point and be stubborn by beating Bottas on circuit. And potentially costing the team two constructors' championship points, which might not seem like a lot, but it is everything for the guys back at the factory who are working day in and day out to give him the best car possible. It's an insult to them. Now, I agree with you entirely, Ben. I think the way he behaved was incorrect and unfair on his team. But, as you said, he is someone that is likely to win one, two, if not more world championships. And you look at some previous world champions, they've got the majority and they've all got that aggressive flair and then willing to be quiet over the radio. Schumacher, Hamilton, Vettel, you know, 
the likes of them are multiple world champions and they they don't listen to the rules and they're willing to bend them for their own sake. And I think that, yes, it was wrong how he acted, but that's how you need to be if you're going to be truly successful in this in this sport. So I think it was wrong, but at the same time, I think it will get him where he needs to be in the future. I don't mind the aggression. Don't mind that at all. What I mind is the, the statement of not caring about finishing third or fourth. That that was the thing that for me, that was that yeah that stuck with me. And I it's not it's not yeah, right, it's not a mature way to go about it. Yeah, and but he's he's just he is still young, isn't he? And that, he's had a lot of seasons. I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm not defending it at all. But that's the problem they've got. He's so goddamn young, and he's going to be their team leader. I'd rather use the phrase immature than young, because I think... It's not even that young anymore. I think the likes of Ocon, I think the likes of Sainz, even Leclerc, I think they are mentally in a good enough state that they would be unable to take that penalty, not agree with it, maybe have a bit of a grumble, but then get on with it and get the best possible result. And Verstappen didn't do that because he was too focused on having a tantrum and keeping Bottas behind him, which was completely and utterly meaningless. Was meaningless. And he tried to ram Bottas off the road. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the penalty. But Josh said, uh, Josh on Drive Time said that Verstappen's crash count was reset again, which is kind of true. <laughs> um, yeah, it was not. It's not a wise move from. And I know that you can say it's only a one place, but could make all the difference. And pretty won't, but it's still it's still unfair for the people working in the factory. Yeah, I just think it's the message that it sends. Should we move on? Force India. It was a solid weekend for them. Yeah, and with Rojan's disqualification, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, they're now ahead of Toro Rosso after two, two races, races <laughs> essentially, races which is going. very, very impressive. Um, they're beating three constructors' championship two, teams. This now. is to be fair for for two their two first races, as it were. These were the two tracks they needed because that they were always going to be good at these tracks. Yeah, they? Spa's always been good for them, and I think Monza's been pretty pretty good. So yeah, impressive. And even though Perez was out in Q one. He recovered well. Recovered very well. Um, Sam, how do you rate Force India? Sorry, Racing Point Force India's first week, uh, second weekend. Well, we just spoke about one young slash immature driver who's going to be leading a team and is set to be in Formula One for a very long time. Uh, Racing Point did a fantastic job, and obviously are a brand new team. Can we call them RP? RP RPFI Rupfi Rupfi. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Racing Point are a team that are doing fantastically well. Yes, you're right. The two tracks that they've started on suited them perfectly. There couldn't have been better tracks for them, realistically. I want to talk about Esteban Ocon, who has had a brilliant weekend. He drove brilliantly. He got a great result for his team. Uh, he kept out of trouble. Perez had contact on a couple of occasions. Ocon drove really well. And there's a chance that he won't even be in a seat. And if he is in a seat, it's going to be a Williams. And yet, drivers like himself, who are impeccable in front of camera, respectful of their, of their team, hard-working and really talented, are going to be out of the drive. And Max Verstappen, who is all those things, but a childish arse, is going to be leading one of the biggest teams Formula 1 has seen. Now, there's something wrong here, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, c- quote, <laughs> Sam say 2018, childish arse. Good, um, I like that. <laughs> but the actual point itself, yeah, I agree with you. And I saw the point on uh, on Twitter earlier that there just isn't enough teams to fulfil this high level of... You've said this before, that you think like this could be like the best driver class that we've had ever. 
Yeah, and I don't think there are so enough teams to supply them. It'd be nice to nice to get twelve teams back in the grid. I think we need them. There's a few good drivers yeah. knocking about, Absolutely. and they got nowhere to go. Um, but yeah, it's a good weekend for Fortuna again. It's a shame that Ocon might not. I don't know whether it's going to be the end of the year or it's going to be by next race. That might have been his last race in F1 for a while. Who knows? He might be in a Williams. But even for 2019, his options look pretty, yeah. pretty stuck now. Um, just a point about Force India, actually. Um, Racing means rugby. Means absolutely nothing. But um, if they <laughs> still had their constructors' championship points, they'd actually be ahead of Renault and Haas. Someone said that in on Facebook. Yeah, that is that is. Not by a lot, but they would be ahead of both of them. That's a bit, that's a bit of a, it's a kick, isn't it? Yeah. It's a kick in the teeth. But I bet they're not thinking about that. No. Um, and to be honest, I think McLaren are maybe their next targets, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get them before the end of the season. No. Um, speaking of Haas and Renault, Haas and Renault. Another, <laughs> well, really? oh, okay. was a good, good weekend for Haas, for one Haas until about nine o'clock yesterday evening when it wasn't a good weekend. So uh, Grosjean's had perhaps the best drive of the year. His drive of the year, sorry, I should say. Yeah, Austria. Yeah, it was a better Austria. Apart from that, second best drive of the year. Um, and then gets DQ'd, which is a bit of a shame. I mean, disqualifications are rare. They don't happen very often. Do you remember the last one? No, but I know you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you. Go on, then. It was a Massa. It's Home Grand Prix, Brazil, 2015. Wow. But, yeah, 2016, 2017. Why? I can't remember why. I hit him in the head by a flying bolt. That was it, yeah. No, actually, it was the tyre temperature was too hot before the start of the race. That is, that is puddle tosh. That's a bad rule. Anyway, um, yeah, sh- it's a shame for, shame for Grosjean because he drove the best of the rest. Yeah. Um, and Renault, another, another bad weekend for them. Hulkenberg really never recovered from his no um, place. But to be honest, I think at, at this stage, Renault knew they were going to struggle the last two races. And the fact that Haas haven't actually done that well across the two weekends, I think they will be relatively happy. I think they've got races ahead of them where they will be better. Uh, I think they'll True. be competitive at Singapore. I think they'll be competitive at Japan. There'll be other races as well. I think Renault can be satisfied. Jenny and Palmer overtook Bottas at Singapore last year. Let's not forget this. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> it wasn't the way. Um, Sam, I want to know your views on Magnussen and Alonso and their qualifying skirmish uh, are you sure you want me to weigh in on this yes, uh, yes. I'm sure Alonso is a wonderful personality <clears throat> we, we thoroughly enjoy him in this sport but I can completely understand how he might get on the proverbial breasts of other Formula 1 drivers he does like to swan about proverbial bre- no uh, carry on No, he does like to swan about thinking he is the best thing since Formula One's own sliced bread. And it was a little bit cheeky. They were both on a lap. We know the drivers shouldn't really race each other on a lap. Magnussen, he didn't do anything wrong. Well, Magnussen started by getting in front of him right before the last couple. Last yeah, look, have you seen the replay? Alonso was warming his tyres up, driving at about 40 miles an hour. It, Magnussen was it's done. Magnussen being an arse, but he's being an arse to one of the angriest drivers in Formula One, and that's never going to end well. Well, I think... I don't think Magnussen realistically did anything wrong. If Alonso wanted to start a quick lap, he probably should have realised that they were running right at the end of the session and put his foot down and got going. But he didn't. He's like, oh, I can see a toe going there. And I know how well that works because I'm an experienced driver. And he's trying to overtake him. And I think they both paid a penalty where they didn't qualify very well. And, uh, well, hey-ho, you kind of 
got what your own treatment gave you, really, didn't you, Karma? Um, so I think that's as uh, that's as close as I'm going to get to debating that, really. Honestly, I, with with Magnuson and Alonso, I, it was a bit silly the whole incident. Kevin Magnuson, I don't agree with everything he says. In fact, I don't agree with a lot of what he says. <laughs> but he is box office. He is entertainment. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, he isn't a PR machine. You can't blame him for that. You, there are certain, no. a lot of drivers now who will say the right things at the right time and in the right manner. Magnuson doesn't care. Magnuson will say whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and I kind of appreciate him for that. Just to put it out there, it was a bloody good overtake by Alonso. <laughs> Belting one. Only one he pulled off all weekend, I'm afraid. True, but <laughs> it was still... Well, didn't, I didn't realise until afterwards, because, you know, F1 cameras miss everything now. Um, him and Gasly had a ding-dong, and they, they had a little come together in the first... first uh, First few laps, and that's why Gasly and yes. so far down. That's right. Yeah. I didn't realize that one, but yeah, you're right. This is the only one he did make. It was, pretty, it was a good one. Um, who else we got to talk about? Oh, speaking of Macca, big news today Stoffel the Waffle is off. Yep. Oh, it's been decided he is now going to be the team principal of the team. <laughs> that's I'm not true. I'm kidding, of course. Um, yeah, Lando Norris in Stoffel Van Dorn out. Um, I think Lando Norris is going to be very good. Um, his junior record proves that. But at the same time, he's going into a place where it hasn't fared too well on new drivers. Kevin Magnussen didn't do very well there. If you want to go back to 2009, Kevin Lyon and Yeah, hey, I mean, Button is the only one who stuck out for a while. And look, Stoffel Van Dorn had an excellent record before going to Formula One, and that's been eroded into nothing. And I think... Maybe he was unlucky. Was he as bad as it seems, or was it just being compared to Alonso all the time? Maybe that McLaren is capable of what Van Dorn was doing week in, week out, and because Alonso's exceeding it, it looks worse. <laughs> I, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I think I think that is a problem. Um, he's not been great. No, especially I, the, the I would past, Well, maybe this season he's not been great. Um, Sam, what, what, are you sad to see Stoffel go? No. Um, <laughs> no. Wow. Sorry, I'm not. He was pretty rubbish for most of his season. I wish him all the best. I think he could still feature in Formula One at another team, but I don't think he deserves that McLaren seat. On the contrary, Lando Norris, who is a brilliant up and coming talent, fantastic. It's going to be great time on the grid. I think his career is about to die. I think it's going to perish at McLaren. I think they are not a car that is able to continue performing well. Alonso is about to leave. I think Sykes and Landon Norris, unless McLaren pull their finger out of their exhaust pipe, are not going to be achieving any results anytime soon. And then the reputation of these two fantastic young drivers is going to go down the hill very quickly. But if, uh, if, not, if Norris can start beating Sykes, even if the car's crap, it's still going to go noticed. Yeah, if he's beating Sykes in 17th place, that's my issue. Well, what if he's got Alonso talent and he brings in points? Who knows? McLaren could win the championship next year. Um, yeah, I would, the last three years. <laughs> we're not raised to put money on that at all. Oh dear. Anyway, so, sorry to see you go, Stoff. You might be. In, you might still be in F1 next year. Yeah, maybe, maybe Toro also pick him up. I actually wouldn't be surprised if that did happen, and I don't think it'd be a bad move. No, me neither. Um, quickly, rest of the midfield. Sauber not a good weekend for Sauber again. They should have been good, and they weren't. Should have, woulda, coulda. Yep. They weren't. Um, Sam, your opinion on Salva quickly? I am really gutted for Salva. They're kind of my underdogs that I've been supporting all season. Um, and they really let me down this, this weekend. This was a, a track of, 
if any track was going to go well for Sauber, it was this track. They've got that Ferrari power unit, the latest up-to-date one. Their aero package seems relatively okay. In straight line speed, they should have been hard because the world of was disappointing. Ericsson was nowhere. Uh, it was poor. Um, I hope everyone got some streamers out because Williams scored some bloody points. I've definitely got some streamers out because I predicted on Thursday's stream <laughs> that Sorokin would score a point. So have uh, some of that. Oh, God. Um, and it didn't look like he was going to, but thanks to Grosjean's disqualification, he did. Um, look, it was a circuit with essentially no corners on it, so Williams were always going to do slightly better. Well, I don't think they still have their Monaco setup on, but they got no downforce, so well, it makes yeah. no difference. The one thing that Williams aren't bad at is that they've got the Mercedes engine. Ironically, something that isn't even involved with themselves is their best point. Um, but yeah, a lack of corners helped them. As simple as that, really. Yeah, it was nice to see. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a lot, a lot but a few points is good. Claire Williams looked very grumpy all weekend, and I saw a rumour that she might be being biffed out by her, her um, older brother. Well, nothing so, else exciting is happening with Williams. They might as well have a power struggle. Do that. Um, Sam, you have to see Williams with a, with a couple of points. Every single driver has now scored points. Woohoo! That is what I want to see in a Formula 1 season. Every single team, every single driver scoring points in a season. No more of this zero-point rubbish at the bottom of the grid. This is a golden season of F1. And yes, it's nice that Williams decided to actually take part in it. Damn right. <laughs> F1 goes the way of communism. 2018. We love it. That's Maybe not. not. No. Land of the uh, No. <laughs> no. Um, Toro Rosso. They're the only team we haven't really spoken about. Gasly had a great qualifying session. And then it unraveled from there. Yeah, well, like we say, he had a bit of a ding-dong. Didn't see it, but with Alonso... It was always going to be a struggle, but yeah, as you say, Gasly was pretty quick in quality. Partly wasn't very quick in quality. Um, Partly was rubbish. He was bad all weekend. That's good. To be fair, I I don't... The race, I can't really slate him for. He did about 10 seconds, (laughs) maybe five. Uh, All he deserves to do. Qualifying, yeah, he was a long way off again, I'm afraid. Love you, Brendo. And yeah, currently Toro Rosso, next season looks like Hartley... Plus someone else who they don't really. Well, it know could be Fiat Van Dorn. Exactly. Could be Fiat. Okay. Point taken. Mm. Um, your driver of the day, Maple Leaf, Lance Stroll. That I respect. He was so good this weekend. And he and because he was a bit better, he was less grumpy, and I could enjoy him a bit more. I, it seems as if like Lance Stroll has these circuits that he loves and every other circuit he hates. Because he's done well at Monza for two years in a row. He's done well at Baku for two years in a row. Is it a rule that he can only do well at a circuit twice in a row? Because I can't think of another good performance from him other than those four. That's good. I did Canada last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that one. Did forget about that one. Only straight lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam, your driver of the day. Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he's been a little bit up and down this season. He's been fighting with a car that isn't so good. This performance was world champion Lewis Hamilton. This was the pure class and sheer determination plus a new Lewis Hamilton of pure patience. He was so happy to just wait. And he made the move when it counted. So Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah, good one. I'm going for Sergio Perez because he had a good, oh, was good, was a good drive. Yes, quali, quali. I'm going with with was the team's fault. 
Yeah. And he was near the back and he drove well and was finished by his teammate. So terrorist me, but there are a few contenders. I would have put Grosjean in there if he was technically counted. Yeah. But Can yeah. I ask though, we love him. Why did Kimi Raikkonen actually get driver of the day? I don't know. Um because what? I think it's just because he exceeded the normal standard that he raised. I thought he did drive drive really, really well. But maybe not drive of the day. I thought he raced really well too. But if you can't get the victory with the best car on the grid from pole position, you can't really win driver of the day. Yeah. Uh, So worst driver of the day. Go. Well, I actually didn't think there was anyone who had a particularly bad race. If I had to give it to anyone, it'd be Marcus Ericsson. Um, And he was... Not helped by the 10 place grip penalty that I don't really think was his fault after that incident. Um, but yeah, Salber as a whole didn't really make much of an impression. It looked as if Ericsson might be able to get to the end on a set of tyres from lap one. I think he, he lasted longer than anyone else did after pitting, but couldn't quite make it work and was relatively anonymous. Sam, worst drive of the day? Uh, I don't want to say it, but. Charles Leclerc is going to be the worst driver of the day. Expectations are higher. If the rumours are true, he is going to Ferrari and he just fell backwards and backwards and backwards. He locked up many times. He lost battles he should have won. It was poor from Salway. It was poor from him. I am disappointed in Chocolate Leclerc. Um, I'm going to go with Vettel, even though he came back. Purely because he shouldn't have put himself in that position to be spun around, be spun around, to spin around. Um, yeah, and I'm sure he 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 knows it was a bad day, but it was a bad day. You were not good just for that. It was good coming back, but even then he couldn't make the tyres last for the whole race, although it was quite a big ask. But yeah, that's off me. Fair enough. Good reasons. Um, we've overrun quite a bit. We've had a lot to talk about. It was an exciting race after yeah, all. Sorry, uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. My name's Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eid. And with love, with care, I'm Samuel Sage. Remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.